0: Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, so, Gather, you probably know this, but uh, during this season after Easter, we're having a conversation about prayer, and specifically, a conversation about what Jesus teaches us about prayer in the Lord's Prayer. And uh, every week we've been reminding each other that Jesus' teaching on prayer isn't about how to form the perfect prayer. It's not a formula, and it isn't about forming God into our image. It's not about getting God to do what we want, and it's not about getting a prayer perfectly right. Jesus' teaching on prayer is an invitation to be formed by prayer. Right? Prayer is a formation practice. It's a way for us to be formed into the image and into the love of God. And so last week we talked about staying present in our prayers, being fully present in the moment with God. That's how we are formed, if we are able to really show up. And this week uh, we're going to have a conversation about honesty and vulnerability. Honesty and vulnerability are the key, I think, to unlocking our prayer life. And most of us know intuitively that the ability to display vulnerability and honesty are the key to unlocking any relationship. Like we we know intuitively that we're going to have to display uh, some real honesty to build trust. We know that we're going to have to show our shortcomings in order to bond, right? We we know that intuitively, right? The, the Houston Saint uh, Brene Brown says that we cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable selves to be seen. We cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable selves to be seen. Right? It's the same reason that everyone's mom ever says no one likes a show off. Because no one likes the person that just displays their best self all the time. Right? If we, in relationships, if we're gonna build a healthy bond of trust, we have to show our whole self not our best self. We have to be honest and vulnerable. And the same is true in our relationship with God. That as we come into God's presence in prayer, we have to bring our whole self, not our best self. Honesty and vulnerability are a requirement in prayer. And in verse 12 of the Lord's Prayer that was a really loud honk. In verse 12 of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus prays, uh, And forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. In verse 13, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus is showing us, modeling us, a little bit of vulnerability and honesty in our prayer. Right? Jesus acknowledges shortcomings and our ability to fall into the temptations and evil around us. Forgive us for all the ways we've totally missed it and help us to not miss it again. It's an honest and vulnerable prayer, right? We fail and we're prone to fail again. It's honest. This prayer, the Lord's prayer, the prayer that Jesus teaches us is an honest prayer. And in our prayers, we are only formed when we are able to practice real honesty and real vulnerability, and honesty and vulnerability are the framework for all of biblical prayer. Okay, so right in the middle of the Bible, we get the book of Psalms. And a lot of us know that the Psalms are a prayer book. These are prayers, some communal, some individual, written by the people of God and prayed out loud to God. And sometimes the Psalms, because they're translated so beautifully, and that's important, many of them are poetry. We talked about poetry last week. It's important that the Psalms are t- translated so beautifully, but um, sometimes that beautiful translation kind of gets in the way of us remembering that there was an individual literally screaming this stuff to God. Like in Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Will you forget me forever, God? In Psalm 74, O God, why do you cast us off forever? In Psalm 89, you have renounced your promises to me, O God. Or in Psalm 103, out of the depths I cry out to you. These are honest prayers. There's someone pinning these and saying them out, to, out loud to God in anger and depression. It totally lost their crying out and they're saying, God, I feel like you've forgotten me forever. You've renounced your promises to me. Right? Throughout the Bible, the story of the scriptures teaches us that honesty and vulnerability are the language of prayer, they're the key to prayer, and we are only formed if we're able to practice real honesty and vulnerability. I think for most of us, uh, we're not trying to be deceptive or evasive in our prayer life, right? I know you're you're not intentionally avoiding honesty and vulnerability with God. You're not thinking to yourself, I'm going to really hide myself from God today. I don't think you're doing that, and I know that we generally understand the importance. I don't want to spend any more time trying to convince you of the importance of honesty. I think we all kind of get that honesty is important, um, but But I think for a lot of us, though we're not trying to be deceptive and though we know it's important, we still fail to to practice real, true, full, all-out openness with God. We don't do a lot of what the Psalms do. I'm not sure that a lot of us are screaming out like we could be. So I think there's a couple reasons for that. I think there's a couple reasons we fail. There's probably a lot of reasons, but we're going to talk about a couple reasons today. So a couple reasons maybe we fail to practice total honesty and vulnerability. I think maybe the first is a little bit of denial about how we're actually doing. Denial may be your barrier to full vulnerability with God. I think a lot of us um, just aren't totally in tune with what's going on in us. There are, um, there are these five common stages of grief. You, you, you may know these. It's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. It's not a, li- it's not a linear process. We kind of just do this over and over again. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. And I want you to know today that you might need to give yourself some space to grieve. Because you have experienced some really difficult things. And and you may be struggling to be all out vulnerable with God because you don't even, uh, you haven't gotten to acceptance yourself for how you're really doing. You might be kind of stuck in denial we're, we're 14 months into this global pandemic, and um, 570,000 people have died just in our country from COVID-19. We've seen all week the stories and the photos and the videos from India, where, where people are being turned away from hospitals. People are dying in ambulances because they can't get inside. And every week there's just more unmitigated violence in our world coming through on our phones. And I think a lot of us have experienced this individual, personal, or if nothing else, this collective grief. And maybe we're stuck in denial. That that we think of those things as, uh, well, I don't know if it's really happening to me. I'm fine. It's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. We're stuck in a little bit of denial. I just want to give you some permission today. Uh, Maybe you need to get angry with God. Maybe you need to do some bargaining. Maybe you need to bring your sadness, your depression to God because the anger is honest. And the bargaining is honesty on display. It's vulnerability. God, I'll do anything if you could just make this better. The sadness and the depression is real. It's your whole self, not your best self, and you should bring it all to God. And I I just wonder if you might could evaluate a little bit today how you're actually doing. What do you have that you need to grieve? Where are the places that you're in denial? I think some of us may just be denying how we're actually doing, and that kind of keeps us from being all out open and vulnerable and then I think maybe there's another group of us that starts to feel those feelings and bring them to God. Like we are feeling that, and we understand that, and we begin to bring it with God. And then we get stuck in this cycle of comparing ourselves to the world around us. Right? Have you ever done this where you're really struggling? So your anxiety or your depression are really gnawing at you, or uh, there's some kind of stimulus that sets you in a direction. Something happens, and it is you are struggling. You are really struggling. And as you begin to feel that and really acknowledge it, maybe in your mind you go, well, my life is still better than fill-in-the-blank person. That you start to bring some of this to God and then you read like the craziest GoFundMe page ever from like your third cousin's high school uh, friend's college roommate or something and everybody is on GoFundMe because that's like most people's healthcare now, I think, but but you read some crazy story and then you go, well, at least my life's not as bad as that, so I must be doing okay. And I think our, our tendency to compare ourselves and to compare our struggles just helps us to avoid instead of dealing with it. So so maybe you start to feel those things and then you compare yourself or you compare your current life to where you used to work, used to be. Or maybe you even compare yourself uh, to some biblical norm that you have created. Like You you start to really struggle, and then uh, you remember these kind of random verses out of context, like, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice, and you say, well, I guess I should be rejoicing. Maybe that would be better. And you just avoid. You compare, and then avoid. And we should just be praying sometimes. We should be praying Psalm 89. God, you have renounced your promises to me. What happened? God, I'm angry. I'm sad. Some of us start to feel our feelings and then we compare. We push them down in denial. Maybe you're in denial. Maybe you're in a cycle of comparison. But the language of prayer is honesty. And we will only be truly formed into the image of God if we're able to bring him our whole self. Full vulnerability. Nobody likes a show off. If we can be wide open, vulnerable, and honest, then we'll be formed in our prayers. So for you, do you feel like you're able to pray truly honest prayers? Maybe just consider, do you ever pray like the psalmists? Maybe you just pray about what you think you want or need. Are you ever coming to God with your whole self in total transparency and honesty? And for you, what's maybe in your way of true vulnerability? Maybe it's denial. Maybe it's comparison. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you don't know if God can handle it. Or maybe you feel like you're not supposed to feel those those ways. Maybe you've been convinced through your religious uh, experiences that that those feelings of anger, even anger towards God, aren't allowed. What's in your way of of real and true vulnerability? And how could you practice some honest prayers this week? Maybe first you just need to try to figure out how you're actually doing. Maybe, Maybe you should figure out what you've been in denial about. And not how you're doing in relation to anyone else or in relation to yourself at a previous time in your life. You just start by acknowledging how you're really doing. And then share it with God. Maybe if that feels hard to you, you could pray the Psalms. It's a, it's a, um, it, it is a, a normal, a traditional Christian practice to pray the Psalms. And maybe even pray them out loud. And some of them uh, may feel right to you, and that's how you know. And this is what I need to get honest. Maybe you could pray the Psalms, right? In prayer, we are formed when we practice honesty and vulnerability. Honesty is the language of prayer. Uh, there's a, a story I love about Daniel Day Lewis, the actor Daniel Day Lewis. When when Daniel Day Lewis filmed uh, the movie Lincoln, uh, he stayed in. The Lincoln character, he stayed as Abraham Lincoln the entire time they shot the film. So it it took them uh, three months to shoot the film. He uh, talked like Lincoln the entire time. He walked around like Lincoln. He ate all of his meals in or uh, uh, on set or off set. He ate them as uh, Lincoln. They filmed for, for three months, and the entire cast and crew called him Mr. President the entire time. For three whole months, in his private one-on-one conversations with Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg called him Mr. President. Right? He was totally in character the entire time. And then at the end uh, of, of filming, when, when the filming was done, uh, they had a wrap party for uh, when everything was wrapped. They had a, a party for the cast and crew and everyone. And Daniel Day-Lewis um, got out of character. So he took off the Lincoln clothes took off all the makeup, put on his regular uh, wardrobe, and he went around at the cast party and he reintroduced himself to everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel Day-Lewis. Hi, I'm Daniel Day-Lewis. Hi, I'm Daniel Day-Lewis. Right Until the story was totally over, he completely inhabited the character. And I just think it would be such a shame if you got to the end of your story And you had to reintroduce yourself to the people in your life, reintroduce yourself to God. We have one life, one wild and short life, and it would be a shame if we wasted the whole thing inhabiting a character. The God of the universe, ultimate reality, the creator of all, invites your whole self, not your best self, into his presence. Don't inhabit a character. Gather, this is my prayer for you this week. May you journey inward to discover how you're actually doing. Not how you're doing in comparison to anyone else. Not how you feel like you're supposed to be doing. Discover your true self. And then bring it all into the presence of God, bring your anger and your bargaining and your sadness. Bring it all, and trust that God's power is made complete in your vulnerability. Amen. I gather. We're going to participate in a couple moments of silence and reflection. Uh, there will be some uh, props that come up on the screen uh, that can kind of help you through this time. Those you don't have to pray through those props. Whatever makes the most sense. Uh, for you in this time. You can just sit in silence. The beauty of silence is that it is expansive and generous. Sometimes our words get in the way of how we're feeling. But there is plenty of space for however you are and whoever you are in this silence with God. So gather, let's pray together. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.